Lawrence. I was just narrating about you. Isn't that amazing? Come here. It's Lawrence Krauss, top physicist. What are the chances of that? It's in the script, Bill. No. Laurie, it's me acting. This is called acting. I'm, I'm sorry, I should have okay. known. I'm sorry. Yes. Hi, and welcome to the Origins Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Krauss. I just finished a rollicking conversation with one of my favorite people in the world, William Shatner. Uh, every time I'm with him, it's an experience. And uh, as usual, in this case, he, he took over the conversation from the very beginning. I had planned to talk to him about his new book, uh, To Boldly Go, which is somewhat autobiographical, but I knew we'd end up uh, with questions about the universe because he always had them. I wasn't prepared with the with the questions right away, and we went in so many different places. Uh, it became a conversation, as he described it, a scientific exploration of the universe and our relationship. And that's what it was and more. And his childlike enthusiasm about the universe and his incredible interest is so infectious that it, it really is, is, in some sense, what I hope this podcast is all about, the fact that everyone should be fascinated about the universe. It's, it's part of our culture. It's part of what makes us human. And it's also appropriate that, that today we're releasing this podcast on the day my new book, The Edge of Knowledge, comes out because it's really about the questions we still have about the universe. And this podcast was full of Bill's questions about the universe and everything else. It was a joy to talk to him, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. You can watch it ad-free on our Critical Mass Substack site, and I hope you'll do that um, if you're a subscriber and your subscription fees will go to help support the Origins Project Foundation. Otherwise, you can watch it on YouTube, or you can listen to it anywhere podcasts can be listened to. No matter how you watch it or listen to it, I hope you enjoy uh, this remarkable man, William Shatner, as much as I did. So, our podcast with William Shatner, right now. But it was the Canadian Repertory Theater in Ottawa. Which hold is this, hold, do. hold this, hold the thought. I, I want to talk. We were recording. No, no, I'm going to introduce you first. No, gonna... no, 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 no. That's because I would because. But, but, but Larry, that's so calm. No, no, I'm not going to no. introduce you in that way. I'll do it afterwards. I'm just going to welcome I... you. Let me at oh, least oh, welcome you. Well, you're welcoming me by telling me where you live and how you. Live. <laughs> I know <laughs> we're going to get there. I want, I want you to come here. I want, I want you I'm to, going to do that. But, but I want I to take buy something there. You will buy something here and I will get to that. But I have to start this. OK, Bill, thank you for being on the program. As usual, you've taken over even before I started, which is just, as usual. We've never had this done before. We, we've just we've never done this, but we've done two dialogues, which you don't remember, but I do. And each time I was on stage on a ship, we were on a ship together. Oh, and, well, and, and then and then what I want to show is even the very first time we met, and I've never done this before. I'm going to unplug the microphone from here so, so it'll play. I, I actually found a clip of the first time we met. It's 18 plus years ago. Now, you don't remember it, but I do. No. It's to work. Um, okay, we're going to... If we can get it, you've already practiced. Knowing you, I, I, you've, you've got this thing going. You know it works. I practiced it many times, but I'm also I'm a theoretical physicist. The reason I'm a theoretical physicist and not an experimental physicist is about to become clear. <laughs> okay, here, let's see if we can... Lawrence, I was just narrating about you. Isn't that amazing? Come here. 
It's Lawrence Krauss, top physicist. What are the chances of that? It's in the script, Bill. No. Laurie, it's me acting. This is called acting. I'm, I'm sorry, I should have okay. known. I'm, I'm sorry. It's well, what do you mean I took over? I looked at you so fondly. Yeah, I had you, my arm around you. You, you were did. withdrawing. You were withdrawing. Uh, no, no, I was. I was actually. Uh, that's the first time I began to think of you as just like my uncle, who was always my favorite person in the family. But I had made the mistake just before we filmed that. This was from um, the TV show "How William Shatner Changed the World," which I'm sad to say isn't listed on your Wikipedia page. But nevertheless, I remember it. Um, but I told you that my family. I didn't know my name was Lawrence. This is the first time I've said this on the air either until I was 12, I thought it was Lori, which is what my family called me when I was going L-O-R-R-Y? L-O-R-R-I-E. I-E. And, um, and then I discovered my birth certificate. And, and also Lawrence of Arabia had just come out. And, uh, and it's, a, I, it's a lovely name, though. Oh, it, it is. Well, Lori's a nice a, name. And I an told you that to right it. before we filmed that. And you, and you decided to call me Lori right there on the camera. But anyway, it was it, that, but you know, the reason I did that is, although it's self-aggrandizing, the reason I wanted to show that clip at the beginning was because it was the first time we met, but you know, I didn't know what to expect, but what I discovered, and the reason I want to have this conversation with you, the reason I've been thrilled each time we've been together is I discovered a man fascinated by everything in the world around him, a man who was full of interested in life and everything and had questions and just, and uh, uh, an endless curiosity. Let, and, me, let me ask and, you a question right yeah. now. Okay, sure. Are your glasses tinted? Um, oh, oh, they're, well, you know, they tint when there's the sun on them. And, and so they, they get a little tinted when they get darker when the sun's on them. It's a, right, right. They're, what are they called? Uh, photosensitive or something. But there's also yeah. transition and- Transition, they're transition. Yeah, yeah. Are they transition? Yeah, they're transitions. And why have you got a, Why have you chosen a heavy uh, rim? It's actually very light. It looks like a heavy rim. I chose well, it for a very good reason. I meant, I meant your wife picked it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but there's no question you're wearing glasses. Sometimes glasses are made so it doesn't look. I mean, you're a very handsome man. You got, you're hiding behind the glasses. My actually, I don't even really need them, but but I do actually. Take them off. Take them off. Take them off. Okay. Take them off. All right. Look at that face, that punum. That punum. I knew you'd say that. It's like my mind. No, the reason I, I need him to read, but... Um, but uh, you're not reading, you're talking. Well, I'm going to read. I've made so many notes. You wouldn't believe I'm ah, so... Yeah, notes, the books. No, 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 but there's... It's so know, scientific. Well, it's not. It's just, uh, it's just a matter of having backup in case... Well, because actually they're notes to things that you've said and so i want to i want they remind me of things you said so you should be really happy that i because i'm going to quote you a lot i'm really really happy talking to you it it it, as you know i was really looking forward to this and as i said we've been i know we've been together then and 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 then one other time many years later a decade later we were on a cruise together a star trek cruise and i was lecturing in the physics of star trek and you were being you with your extended family, and I have now come to realize how important that is to you. Um, and and you had them all there, generate three generations, yeah. and, and we well, hung out. They invited to be, be for me to be on a cruise, and they paid me good money just to you know talk like we're you and I are talking. And, and I said, well, I want to bring. I think there were fifteen people. Yeah, or something. fifteen. Yeah. Ex- I mean, when you say extended, <laughs> yeah. I mean that was an extension. 
and and they said, okay, bring them. So I had my whole family, was my so- whole immediate family uh, in, being indulged in, and all I had to do was have the joy of talking to people like you. It, it was great. It, and I remember sitting down with your family at dinner a few times, and, and we did twice on stage. We did a, a planned dialogue, and then you, and then much to my pleasure, you, you were giving, a, you did another evening event, and you, then you called me up, and we started talking about the universe. And as we had when I, we first met, um, when we were filming that show, in between the takes, I remember we started talking, I'd written the book, Physics Star Trek, and we had a great conversation. And I was totally unexpected, except I told you then, and I still do, you, my uncle was my favorite person in my family, and immedi- almost immediately you reminded Does me. Does that mean uncle. I'm your favorite person? In the... oh, well, you, you, remind you remind me, you're, my, you're, uh, you're among my favorite people, there's no doubt about it. You remind me of my uncle, and that's a great among. thing. Among, among is, uh, first of all, it's the name of an African uh, tribe uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and then secondly it it suggests large groups of people no i'm very among. hello among all oh, you i love i love I, you know i love my uncle like i feel like very few people in the world and you strongly remind me of my uncle he was a pharmacist in toronto he passed my mother he was yeah he 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 passed away before my mother he passed away when he was 93 90 no 94 and my mom as i say was 100 and well, um, suggest that you're going to be doing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, good work uh, well into uh, well I hope so I you're a, you're a, you're a, you're a role model of course but I'd like to say about my mother who's different I think than your mother I want to get back to your I want to start with your origins but I I always say about my mother that the first time I was happy to share genes with her was when I was when she was about 90 and totally with it because up to that point in my, in my life she was married five times she was an interesting woman and um and I was and I was usually embarrassed by her. And but then when she was with it, and she was with it right until uh, just shortly before she passed away at a hundred, she she really? moved here with us. And how um, did she die? Um, just passed away quickly. Basically, she just. Uh, were, were you there? We moved her because I moved to Canada. That's the other thing I wanted to tell you. I mean, you have to come here. This is Prince Edward Island, and if you've never, you've never, have you ever been to Prince Edward Island? You, yeah, you've, been at, no. you've been in Nova Scotia. I, I read that. Nova Scotia, yeah. Yeah, no, but yeah. Prince Edward Island is prettier. And, you, and in fact, I have to tell you this. You're going to come here. We're gonna, we talked about that. I'm going yeah. to get property here. And uh, then, i got to get something near the ocean, but it has to be above because we know the ocean's going to yeah, rise. that's right. That's why I look down. I'm, I'm, I'm 30 meters above the sea level here, and or 20 meters. Uh, and, and, and I have a river here that's a that's mile 60 away feet. from the ocean. You're 60 What's, feet. Yeah, that's you're enough. 60 feet For, high. That's a cliff. You're you're on the edge of a cliff. It's just, it's, it's just a downhill. It's just downhill. It's just a. And it goes right river. down into the ocean. And this goes. This is a river, and it's a mile yeah. away from the ocean. I take my boat Fantastic. off the dock here, and I'm and, and, and I want to do that. That's what I want to do, Larry. I know. Larry, I know. You Larry, you to I'm, you're going to be my neighbor. The house next door is selling. I don't want to buy a house. I want a a, a, a fair sized piece of land. Yeah, I have four so, acres, but and, I don't know and, how much how many acres you want. That sounds right. Or okay, there you go. And it, I've never, uh, for, I've to build to... for this extended family for, yeah, you know, of at the end of time. Do. Larry, I want to ask you a question. Okay. That, two questions that I've that are, are so puzzling to me that only somebody like yourself could answer. Okay. And I've sought this answer. Okay. The first one's going to be a little more complicated than the second one. Okay. Question. okay. First question is, 
I've, I've, uh, I've uh, indelibly imprinted on my memory that 13.8 billion light years away is the farthest uh, uh, galaxy that we yeah. have seen. That the that the uh, that James not Webb the, the 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 new one or the Hubble? Yeah, well, I think it was the old one. Yeah. Uh, okay. The, so so that's thirteen point eight. So so my here's my here's what my sentence is that okay. I've kind of like. Uh, this is my sentence. Well, it was thirteen point eight billion light years, but speed of light and it the the photon whether it was a particle or a wave, and I have no idea what I've just oh, said. Yeah. Okay, reaches That's my retina 13.8 billion light years away. Yeah. Okay, so now I said, oh my God, redshift, that's 13.8 billion light years. What's happened to that galaxy in the intervening time? It's, well, in fact, you got it. It's traveled. In fact, it turns out the far end of our universe is actually, even though our universe is 13.8 billion years old, and therefore, if you look back in time, you're looking back 13.8 billion years. Because of the expansion of the universe, the actual visible universe is, is closer to 50 billion light years across because it's been expanding. Well, but, 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 but wait a minute. So, 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 that's, what we can, that's what we can see. But, 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 but what's happened to that galaxy? Well, Lori, wait, Laurie. The question okay. is, what's happened to that galaxy during in the, the intervening 13.8? It's gone someplace. It, 13. It's, it's actually no it's been at rest like a surfer in a wave as the universe expands it's been at rest and we've been at rest and we've been moving apart from each other but we're just sitting at rest like in a stream that carries us apart from each so other but, that, say, but it's been evolving and it's had maybe so when you say the galaxy is not 13.8 more like 50 yeah because that's like three times the uh, the, yeah. the the balloon yeah. of the universe has expanded yeah. three times since then how do we know how do we know what the speed of the universe is when we got all this dark matter Okay, we got a lot of questions. Wait, okay, what's the laughter for? Like indulge you? No, I was going to wait halfway for the questions, but as usual, yeah. let's I say you take over, so it's fine. Well, the point is, we can measure speed by that redshift fact. The fact that oh. you, I may, I noticed you mentioned in your book because I wanted to say I, last two days, I pleased myself by reading your recent book, whose name I boldly going, I think it's called. Um, boldly, uh, yeah, or oh, go boldly go. And, yeah. and I read it off cover well, to cover because I thought a really good way. But it's yeah, a, yeah. And so but you talked about the fact and you may not remember that you talked about in the context of music, I think, but that when when a when a, a yeah. car is Red moving shift. away from you, yeah. the yeah. gets stretched out when it moved, the yeah. sound gets gets those hard when it comes back. Yeah. Same with light. And so by seeing how, uh, how what the redshift, how the stretching of light is, we can see effectively uh, how far away those things are and how fast they're moving away and from the, us. And the but they're at rest in their own. Those infinitely s small degrees of change? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Red to red but to red we to... Can, we measure redshift. The redshift of, of the farthest galaxies we see now is something like around 9 or 10. That means that the light is shifted by a factor of, of 10 or 11. Its wavelength is 10 or 11 times longer. It's not infinitesimal. It's actually so red. That's why the James Webb Space Telescope was built to detect infrared, infrared. Infrared, because the light, which was visible when it was emitted, by the time we see it, it's stretched out and become infrared. 
And that's why it's that's why we need an infrared telescope to look at the right. earliest galaxies. I understand that completely. So you're saying that the relative distance remains the same between Earth and that far galaxy? No, I'm no. It expands. It's getting further away from us. It's getting further away from us, and we can measure. We can think of the redshift as telling us how quickly it's moving away from us. How quickly? How quickly is it it, you know, and how and quickly? so and what Hubble discovered to his great surprise it's linear for early on is that the velocity of objects is proportional to their distance so the farther things are away from us the faster they're moving away from us now and the really weird thing the really weirdest thing which i thought we'd get too far later is that you know the universe isn't slowing down it's speeding up no right? it's just speeding up yeah yeah which that. was a big surprise when it was first actually it's I'm contrary, happy to say i was one of the people who predicted that but anyway but it's contrary to to every, to, to, uh, to to logic. Well, it's, it's yeah, logic. but the, you know that's what's great about physics, though, and the universe is it doesn't care what our logic is. It doesn't, it, and that's what's great no, about. But science. it should fashion our logic. It, well, we our should fashion our logic. Absolutely, but we, but you know, like uh, we were, as I think, even wrote here, Richard Dawkins once said, you know, we we evolved to escape lions. On the savannah, we didn't evolve to do quantum mechanics or, or I understand know. And so, 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 so it's non-intuitive. It's strange. But does all of us. question everything? Doesn't because we're logically looking for fruit off a tree and how to escape the tiger, that our brains are incapable of encompassing? Well, they are. Well, it turns out to be a side benefit. Who knew that that the same evolution that evolutionary traits that would allow us to to learn how to avoid predators would also eventually allow us to discover mathematics language and quantum mechanics and relativity and it's and so it's not surprising that some of these ideas are strange and non-intuitive and in fact the fact that the universe is speeding up is really non-intuitive because all of us are used to gravity slowing things down they're pulling you down and and no expanding is non-intuitive and the hubble what uh, must be a mistake well, that's what many people thought initially, and then, but it turned out, as I say, it, it turned out to to be required to understand the universe. But we still don't understand why. Uh, and and you know, well, and, and you talked about my book, into, and you, I, but, my, into, but Larry, with them, we're into forces that we have no idea. Like ninety percent of what's happening, we have no idea. Isn't that great? Isn't that fantastic? No, I'm di I'm dying to know. <laughs> well, so am I. But that's what that's what it's it's worth asking questions. I mean, and and I will plug the new book. But but the first sense of the new book is the most important thing in science. You almost say it in your book is the phrase "I don't know" because it's an invitation to discover. You've made a whole bunch of TV shows about that. I know. I know. Discover. Knowing I, I, is some is less exciting than the mystery of not knowing because it means there's more out there. I'm thrilled by the mystery of not knowing. I get goosebumps and the hair on my arms raises when I think of the things I don't know. And and I talk to somebody like you and they say, well, uh, proportionately, it's this. No kidding. I get a piece of information that I didn't know before. Like Larry, uh -huh. Lord. What the hell is the difference between a wave and a particle? Uh, well, um, they behave differently when they, bottom line is, waves are extended, particles aren't. Particles Wait a are minute, waves, are, waves extended. are extended. But extended. a wave doesn't exist, isn't it a measurement? I mean, no, this a wiggle. You got, it, you, you got a good point there, it's not quite there. A particle is something that goes from here to there. 
and it now, exists. I, I watch waves in the water here near me. The water isn't going from here to there. A disturbance in the water is going from here. That's to there. that's that's what I'm. That's my logic. That's, so it's good logic. So what's the well, explanation? So 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 what what you can think of. The, and the and quantum mechanics, which is weirder than anything in the world, tells us that at fundamental but levels. But there's got to be a unifying like theory, right? There's well, got to be a unified. It's got to be unified. Yeah, it's but just, we we don't know how to do it. But we do no, know. But as far as we can tell, quantum mechanics is pretty fundamental, and it tells us that two things that appear to be totally different can be are are true are both true. Things that appear to be like like quantum mechanics tells us that not only does a particle behave like a wave, which means if you detect it, it's here, but if you don't detect it, it has the properties of an extended object, which is weird, but it also tells us that it's doing many things at once, that that little, that little particle isn't like a billiard ball, that when that electron goes from here to there, it's taking every trajectory in the world, it's going to the moon and back. At, Does, okay, okay, this is, this is incredible. Does the particle have any properties to it? Yes, you can measure its mass. It weighs. It, it, it has it, mass. It has mass. Each Therefore particle, has, each elementary particle has a well-defined mass. Gra gravitational. Yeah. Oh, is, yeah. It's gravitationally. You, in fact, we can even measure elementary particles falling in a gravitational field. Now we're sensitive enough to be able to do that. So we see that, and then it has electric charge. So, so electrons it repel. Is, is it a building block? Well, I mean, those electrons are certainly parts of the building blocks of atoms and protons are, although they're made up of quarks and they're the building blocks of everything here. Although the weird thing about atoms is even though solid matter appears pretty solid, most of it's empty space. No, I understand that. And, and, and understand. the reason, you know why, you, you know why when you're, you and I are sitting on these chairs, we don't fall through to the center of the earth? Because the molecules are compacted more uh, close, sort of. But it's really the not the molecules are touching, but it's really of. the electric forces. It's just electric forces that are holding us up against but the Earth. Most of it's empty compact, space. Doesn't that compact the molecules closer, and therefore not, it feels not, dense? No, no. Why really. are you doing? Well, maybe. What? What no, is because, that? No, you know why? It doesn't. It doesn't contract them much. And the reason is that gravity is the weakest force in nature. What? Yeah, I'll, I'll explain this to you. Okay? Please. It's really simple. Okay. For you? No, no, it'll be, you'll just say afterwards, you say, oh, of course, you'll tell me that, I promise. Okay. So the fact that, you know, we're, I'm being pulled down to the earth, okay, by the entire earth, all of the gravity of the entire earth is pulling me down. Yes, I feel But it's that the electric awesome. forces between the electrons in my butt and my chair, just the, those little ones that are holding me up against the entire pull of the whole earth. Is it repelling the- It's repelling, uh, yeah, the electric forces, the electrons- So it's a negative? My, it's a well, negative they're both force? negative, negative repels, and that's yeah. what's holding me up against the earth. The right. electricity is 40 orders of magnitude stronger than gravity, electromagnetism. Gravity oh. is so weak that it's negligible, except on the scale of the universe. We ignore it in elementary particle scales because it's so, so weak, and that's why that's and yet it is the force it, that holds the universe. Five forces of nature and probably predominant, isn't it? Well, on the scale of the cosmos, the thing well, that I tend to study. Well, because of the mass of the cosmos. It, it is on the large, on scales larger than our solar system, even larger than the earth, gravity is what matters. But on the scale of the earth, you and me, you know, gravity may seem like it's important when you try and get up in the morning, but it's. I understand. But it's, and as in gravity, that's called age. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, but you know, but age is is produced by electromagnetism, right? Because it's electromagnetism that's responsible for chemical reactions, and chemical reactions are what's responsible for age. So, so there's so many, isn't even I'm sure you're aware. How old are you? I'm uh, I'm going to be 69 next month. Just a that's just almost a 70. I know I'm going to be 70 next year. You have to hesitate to tell me your age. Yeah, I know because you little, know I'm soon I'm getting older than you. I was Larry, so much younger when we first Larry met. Can't come to grips with, <laughs> with 70. <laughs> what are you going to do on your 70th birthday? I am. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go next door and see you, <laughs> and have a beer. <laughs> When I was 40, I apparently, I've long since forgotten, I apparently went to bed for three days. Like 40 is a, is a pivotal moment. Yeah, you 450 know? was for me, I think, but 42, yeah. Well, because you're youthful in, in, in face and figure. and, and so, so are you. We, I have to say, we both don't look our age, I think. I mean, you well, don't, for sure. Well, you certainly don't. The, the, um, oh, by the way, I told you my mother once said, claimed, I told you this the first time I met you, my mother, who now I realize was eight years older than you, claimed that when she lived in Toronto, you asked her out when you were an actor there. I don't know if it's true, but but I'm sure it is. Her maiden name. Oh, well, it was title or Taylor. I don't know. She went by a whole bunch of different names. <laughs> anyway, knowing my mother, I mean, she would it, have it asked very her. Well, it could have been because I was I went through a lot of uh, activity in uh, Toronto when I was 20 something. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay, anyway, just want to say so maybe we're related. Anyway. <laughs> It's possible. <laughs> anything is possible given the <laughs> given the. We'll get, we'll get to anything of, of I, I don't know where we're going to get because we've already started going way off. Track. have to get. Don't you, you understand? Don't I have this no isn't a scientific treatise. This yeah. is a conversation, right? It, you're right. Exactly. It's a conversation. And I, who knows? Here and who knew. knows where that exploration takes us? That's, it that's doesn't need a, a designated, a pre-designed. Absolutely. This that's is, what makes it exciting. Exactly. It's a scientific exploration into our relationship. Exactly. I agree. And, uh, and, and as I say, I let me speaking of our relationship, speaking of scientific exploration, I do want to go back even I know that the world for you began when you met me, but still there was earlier times. See, and, that's good, that's good stuff. A, Gives <laughs> us insight until <laughs> but, but, but I want to go back because you were you grew up in Montreal. I want to ask some questions I never knew by. So I knew you grew up in Montreal. Your father was a clothing manufacturer, he had a store, or was he a wholesaler or was he a, he was a wholesaler? He he made he made he, 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 I believe he started off as a, as a salesman in, in the, what we call the Shmata trade. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, and then he went into business for himself. So he made, you know, moder, mod, modestly priced uh, men's suits, which he then would take out uh, to the surrounding villages around Montreal. And he would travel four oh. or five days a week. Uh, going out 30, 40, 50, 100 miles outside of Montreal and going to men's stores mm -hmm. and selling them uh, uh, these, these, these. Or he also went into um, whatever you call it, tailor-made, where people would take measurements sure. and then send the measurements on to my father and they would make the... Uh, did, did he have to speak company. French to do that, to go outside of Montreal? or did? did oh, oh, yeah, but he spoke very little French. But in those years, and the reason the whole French Revolution in Quebec took place 
yeah. was people like my father, English speaking people said, well, the French better learn to speak English yeah. as against the 3 million people who lived there. And uh, for so yeah. many more years longer than the English, it would say, pourquoi tu parles pas français? Nous autres at DC pour cinq, cinq cents. 500 perhaps what's possible because what's because what's because uh parce que nous avons what's defeated at a oh oh uh, not Gagné, but the opposite of Gagné. <laughs> perdu. Nous avons perdu the Straits of Abraham. Or the... You were there at Strength of Abraham in Quebec City, well, yeah. close to where you were. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. been on this plains. Well, that, but that's true. So, so the French uh, felt, and, and it gradually became a whole movement, as you know, that the French in Quebec said, this is not fair. This is our land. Uh, uh, what's the uh, printed on the license plates? Uh, Je me souviens. We remember. Je me souviens. We remember. We yeah. remember. And what do they remember? They remember. Exactly. Yeah. They remember losing and or at least losing that. And and yeah, no, it's certainly a was the, so it was a big deal was, when I was growing up. It was the it was a, a, a in 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 Ontario and I moved to Ottawa mostly so I could learn French and and my yeah. brother actually moved to Quebec and 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 went and was a law professor there and and only spoke French uh, he dissimilated yeah. completely yeah yeah no my, it was a big my deal. uncle was a a, a lawyer uh, was a, a judge in Rouen oh Quebec. Rouen oh yeah, yeah I've been up there I've been yeah yeah, yeah he was wow. a judge a judge yeah but anyway so who knew who knew that was taking place when you, you were living there among the fish? You thought, you swam with the fish, and then one day you thought, "Wait, you know it is unfair." That, Did you? That, you didn't have to speak French when you were growing up. Everyone around. No, you but I had friends in the in the on the French street on the streets of Montreal. Um, I lived on a street called Marcel in the west end of Montreal, and there were f French families all around. And so the kids would play in the streets, and we spoke French and English. That's yeah. how I spoke. Oh, okay. Oh, that's part of it. You probably never heard of the Marcel gang. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I missed that. There was a half a dozen kids and Betty Beck, who was this beautiful, in my eyes, blonde 10 year old or something uh -huh. or other, that we'd play football on the streets. I'd try and tackle her all the time. <laughs> and sometimes you did. Anyway, that's a different story. But uh, um, oh, okay. Same story. So your father. Your, uh, I knew, learned your grandparents were immigrants, like mine were, uh, from from Eastern Europe. But your parents yeah. were both been born in Canada. My mother was. Uh, my father came from Austria when oh, he was. My mother did too. Thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, Austria. Yeah, yeah, Vienna. Wow. Yeah, my mom moved when she was very little. Um, I, I, my mother's mother, my great, my grandmother. I think she was my grandmother or was my great grandmother lived in Lithuania. Huh. He was born in Lithuania. Yeah. And I did a show for a couple of years called Better Late Than Never. Mm -hmm. And so they asked me, where would you like to go? Would you like to go where your grandparents? So I said, yeah, let's go. So we ended up in Lithuania in Vilnius. Okay. And I took a trip from Vilnius 
to the birthplace of my great-grandmother, which had been on the edge of a farmer's market. When the Nazis bombed uh, Lithuania when their march into uh, the Baltics, they destroyed this uh, square and my mother, grandmother's, great-grandmother's house. The square was subsequently rebuilt after 45 and it became a park. So when, when the mayor of this town, of this little town, was taking me around, he said, well, here's where there was, a, this is where all the farmers would come and, and, the, and the people in the, in the town would, um, would buy and sell the meat and the, and the vegetables for the week's supply. And, and here is a pipe that leads into a, a aquifer where they washed all the vegetables and, the, and, and cleaned the chickens and all that. And I thought, you know, my great-grandmother probably watched. Then, and this isn't a scientific principle, but I'd love for you to go with it anyway, that water right. is, well, water is, water is the most magical yeah. thing it's in the universe, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost miraculous. If you almost, it's miraculous. I had a so physics teacher who argued it was one of the proofs of God, although he's tongue-in-cheek. But, but, right. But, well, it, it it is. I mean, oxygen and 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 uh, hydrogen combined makes. I mean, you'll help me with. And uh, I just finished a sentence. You'll help me understand why water has so magical properties. But there is a uh, a photographer in Japan who claims that he can take pictures of the crystallization of water, and see the crystals changing shape when there's love or harm or okay yes yes yeah the, the scientific mind goes okay but the romantic goes of course of course okay yeah yeah, yeah. so i washed in the water <laughs> that had the memory of my, my, my look you know I was going to save this for later, but I'm going to make you feel even better. What's later? Later? Gonna, no, there's no now. later. It's now. I'm it's right now. Dead any moment. I know. I'm not going to say it again. But but I but I, you, you talk you talk a lot about connectedness. It matters to you, and you love Carl Sagan's line about we're all star stuff. And I and no, and no, I've written that too. So I, just, I want to talk to you about string theory. No, but we'll get there. But hold on. Yeah. I want to tell you something that I want that is really important to you right now in your life. Yeah. Because you talk. You. To, I mean you. Yeah, Love, this, I know I'm very important you. To you right now in your life. I know for the moment I am, but but also so your family and your grandchildren. You you, you dedicate the book to Clive, who's your uh, grandchild, and yeah, and and you and you talk great, about the future. And, great and, grandchild. And and although you know, although you're 92 and you have many 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 free. years left ahead of you, you do talk uh, about the about the leg about legacy and memory. And I want to tell you something really neat that will even, although I don't buy some of the stuff you say about connectedness. Here's something that's going to make you more connected. We'll I don't know if I ever told you. About that. We'll have an argument about that. But here, but first, I want to, I want to change. I want to tell you something that will be so wonderful. If you don't know it, I forget if I've ever told it to you. So, you are more connected. Not only are we made made of the same atoms, and not only. And I want to tell you something about when you were washing through that water. Okay, take a deep breath for a second. Take a deep breath. Hold it in. Two. Yeah, and let it out slowly. Let's go. Okay, let it slowly now. I could show you, and when we're together next time, I'll show you that every time you take a breath, you're breathing in atoms that were breathed out by almost everyone who ever lived. You're breathing in at least 10 atoms from Julius Caesar um, when he said two Brutus. And Aristotle, and you're all, but that's great. You're, 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 and Frank Sinatra. And the neat thing is, 
Aristotle. Aristotle better, but Einstein, also Hitler, but you know, it's, you don't have a choice. It's all there. And when you wash your hands, it's quite likely some of the water that you're washing your hands from, atoms of that were the same atoms that your grandmother was drinking. Came from a meteorite. Yeah, they know, but of course, but in the, but since then, Lucy, the you know three three million year old little girl might have been right, drinking right. water from. And yeah, every yeah. time you drink water, like my mom used to say when I picked up, she'd say, "Don't touch, touch that. You don't know where it's been." She would have been really <laughs> amazed because literally every time when you were washing your hands, it's quite possible that some of the atoms, quite likely Absolutely. that some of the atoms there were that atoms completely. that your your grandmother actually drank. Oh, what do you mean we're not interconnected? We Every are interconnected, but let's not make it too new agey. That's all. I, I don't want to be. Well, what do you mean new agey? I, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a children's, not uh, not right. A, a Robert Cherno and I mm-hmm. and Dan Miller, who's writing the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've written a book called Bill, which is out there now. We're writing right now, right in front of me. It slipped down here somewhere. Um, our... 10 songs that we have written for children about how interconnected all of nature is. That's the wonderful. extraordinary things, you know, uh, 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 termites and ele- elephants and things yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. You talk about that, the termites building the mound that the elephants then rub against. And, 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 and what about sucker fish? And, 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 and what, about, uh, uh, what about fungi? Uh, and the way it, I mean, every we know it's they connect the connections are amazing, and and you and we work with so, everything, yeah, everything, Not everything. everything, and so, our atoms, as you so say, what we're, about, we're, so what about your atoms came from your atoms from your left hand probably came from a different star than your right hand, it's amazing, exactly. So, so what about what's his name who talks about string theory? Doesn't okay. that isn't that a valid well, thesis? string theory is uh, is it's got a lot of play and a lot of press it, it, it because it, it 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 one hoped it would be the first theory that would unify two central pillars of modern physics quantum mechanics which we briefly mentioned and relativity gravity einstein's theory of gravity those two things don't work together mathematically we can't combine them into a wait single a minute, theory that makes again. sense what doesn't combine general relativity einstein's theory of gravity right is that newtonian the universe works is that newtonian physics what was that? No, it's Do we call it even, Newtonian physics? No, no. Even Newtonian physics was Newton. Einstein changed Newton and said that gravity is due to the curvature of space, not okay. just things falling. So Einstein changed the world, and and uh, you need general relativity to uh, to explain the way the world universe works on the largest scale. So we we test it all the time. One of the predictions of general relativity if, is that if you shake something, you produce waves. We were talking about waves, waves in space and time called gravitational waves. We detected them with an amazing I know, detector, the big uh, the LIGO uh, detector that was right, just amazing right, what, it, right. what it had to do. So what, does that, what did that prove, by the way? What um, did the this thing? Oh, my God, we saw gravitational waves. Why was everybody so excited? Well, first of all, it was a central prediction of Einstein's theory of general relativity that had never been test that had been never been measured over the last 80 years. But the other thing was that it proved to us that the only things that you could gravity is so weak when i'm moving my hands around even though this camera is moving around because it's got a mind of its own um but when i'm moving my hands around i'm creating gravitational waves but gravity is so weak that we could never detect those waves those ripples in space you need humongous dense massive things to create enough 
gravitational waves to detect them. So you, there were these two super massive black holes, 50 times the mass of this one was 30 and one was 25 times the mass of the sun. Huge things that the 25 times the mass of the sun, but the size of Manhattan. I mean, just unbelievably dense. When those collided 1.8 billion light years away, they produced enough gravitational radiation that we could detect it. And you know, and this was amazing. This is the this is how amazing technology is. So the, the LIGO detector, it's got two arms at, at right angles. And when a gravitational wave comes by, it, when a gravitational wave comes by me here, this my arm here gets shorter a little bit, and that arm gets longer, and then this arm gets shorter, and that arm gets longer, because it really literally stretches space out. You could calculate how, what would the difference, so LIGO has two arms, four kilometers long a piece. And you could calculate when those two black holes collided, and produce gravitational waves 1.8 billion light years away. What you'd need to be able to detect, to be able to detect those gravitational waves, was a change in the length of each of those four kilometer long arms by an, a length equal to one one thousandth the size of a proton. Wow. And, but they did it. And, but what it did was it told us that in fact, it told us about the existence of black holes and it's a way so to see about black holes. did that shock shake the universe? It, it, was there it, an earthquake? Was, was there a quake uh, yeah, in the One second long quake. And it went by the Earth. And you know what's really neat about that? They turned on the detector three hours earlier that day, and it was still being tested. And they weren't going to take data, but the graduates no. took data. And if they'd waited three three hours later, then that, then that thing which so, had been traveling over so 20 billion minute. years. So, wait a minute. so if you believe that there's no coincidence. Well, you no, know, what I believe is wait, there. Wait, you, wait. You wait. Think, Okay. No coincidence. Do you agree with that? No. There are coincidences. You say in your book, for example, there are too many coincidences. What I say is they're, they're just right. There's just as many coincidences as you'd expect. There's not no. more or less. Think that exactly the right number. You don't think that it's magical? Those guys said, you know, it's magical. Let's, uh, let's go for a coffee. And the other guy said, no, let's turn it on. I'll turn it on. Why? There's nothing. <laughs> and again, you turn it on, and three hours later, they get proof. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if they turned it on a month later, they would have got a different proof, maybe. So, but here, you well, know, it hasn't happened again since then. Has no, it? no, it has. No, no. Now they detect about one a week. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Sorry, it's now. That's my thesis has just gone out the window. That, my 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 work is done here then. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what, Richard? You never met him. You would have loved him, Richard Feynman. Did you probably? He was a wonderful. No, physicist. but he was the mathematic guy. He was. He was everything. I've seen his name so often. He's a. I wrote a book about him. He's just an amazing. Was an amazing guy. But what he used to say, when he was talking to people, he'd say, "You won't believe what happened to me today. You won't believe what happened." People say, "What?" He'd say, "Absolutely nothing." And, and what he meant by that is that we only, the reason coincidences jump out is we remember those things that seem significant. Like you have a dream every night and every night, most of the time it's nonsense, but one night you have a dream that, you're, that your daughter is going to break your leg and then you find out, you get a phone call that she broke her arm in a car accident. And then you say, oh my God, it's cosmic. But you forget all of the millions and millions of dreams yeah, that we had that yeah, don't no, give I understand me. that. I understand that. But I bet you mathematically mm -hmm. that the coincidence of the guy turning on the thing mm -hmm. just prior to a major uh, reverberation. It's a wonderful coincidence. And I think coincidences are fantastic. And the coincidence of you and I being here, you point out 
Although I think again, it, 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 it's uh, you were quoting someone else says it, that's a mathematical possibility that impossibility that you and I even exist, right? Given all of the all of the the sperm that had to you know that could have connected with the right egg, or the right. fact that your parents would matter, or the fact that your parents' parents matter, or the hundred thousand generations before them, it's amazing that any of this happens. But why? What is coag? What is the coagulation of? of uh, matter what 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 is the basic building what is holding us all together what is the basic building block electricity and magnetism uh, that's the thing uh, everything around us well, what is that larger than the what is gravity that? well what is that what is it it's one of the four forces of nature electricity what and magnetism. is it what explain do you mean? it i'll tell me. you how i'll tell you how i, I can Don't explain tell me it what it me. does explain it to me how can i it explain it to no you without explanation uh, right uh, hold on how can I explain to you without telling you what it does? Oh, well, tell what's me what the it definition, does. What was the explanation without telling you? What, I mean, how can I explain you? No, no. Explain to me what, what, what I mean is don't make your explanation it does. I no. want to know what it does and why. The strange things is that, the, is that elementary particles, like electrons and protons, have this property called electric charge. And when you have two electric charges together, there's a force and the force falls off as the square of the distance between them. And when you have positive charges and positive charges, they repel. When you have a positive and a negative charge, they attract. And that's that attraction yes. is what, 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 what causes individual atoms to bind together. Got it. Got it's it. the electrons in those atoms that are, yeah. and, and that's what, what matter. What, how does it work? What's, why, is it, why does it do that? How does it do that? Now, that's the right. Yeah, there you go. See, I've, I've written once in one of my books that there's why questions don't really have a meaning because they presume purpose. How? How is the important question? Because whenever you say why, you really mean how, don't you? Yes. Yeah. And okay. I mean, you really but mean I did how. end up saying how. You did. I was impressed. Yeah. And, okay. and, and, and you get, you and get, I do want to impress you. Yeah, I can. I know that's what you live for. But um, <laughs> anyway, but how it works is even stranger because that's where we needed quantum mechanics. Because Okay, let's. Here's an intro, elementary lesson in physics. You know what I love? You know, you know what I love? What? what I love? If I were playing you, yeah. you know, here's what I would do. Well, here's what we <laughs> Let me, let me. <laughs> that, no, that's a, I'm that's a, a question. <laughs> yeah, well, it's exciting. Anyway, no, it is exciting. It is exciting. That's, I know you like that. And that's why yeah. many things I like, reasons I like you. But um, so the weird thing is so, so let's picture a classical atom which has got a pro, let's say a hydrogen atom. It's got a proton in the center, positive charge, and an electron orbiting around it, right? That's the classical picture of an atom as it, it was. It doesn't orbit, does it? I mean, it exists, but not in orbit. Well, it, well, it, classically, we see it was When I went to school, it orbited. It, well, it, exactly. It doesn't orbit anymore. That's right. So classically, it orbits. But there's a problem with classically orbiting. And here's the problem. If you take an electron and running around in a circle, it emits radiation. It accelerates and it loses energy. It emits photons, minute, it emits light. Minute, the, 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 the electron exudes radiation? Yeah, that's why the, well, that's what is why, that's why the, my, my lights here are working. was the radiation. What was, what was that? I thought the electron no. was the radiation. What's radiation? Well, no, radiation is photons, it's particles of light. And electrons interact with particles of light. They absorb them and they emit them. Is that them. a basic thing? A photon that's, of that's the basic principle of electromagnetism. Electrons interact. It's it interact but, with. But you just before you said a, a photon of light has attraction. 
No, no, no. I said protons, protons, no, photons. No, in our previous conversation, a particle of light has attraction. Oh, it does, in fact. It has gravitational what attraction. What is that attraction? It's got energy, and therefore it what has... What is it? Why does it energy? attract? Because Einstein told us that everything that has energy has a gravitational uh, field around it and, and either attracts but, or... But what it. is that gravitational field? It's the curvature of space. So a photon that has uh, energy curves space around it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What the hell is it? You mean, but you mean that curvature, that curvature. Little thing curves space a little teeny yeah, bit. Is what? And you curve space around you. Right, right. now, space is curved around you because you well, have mass. Well, what does that mean? That means that if light, if I send a beam of light, hold on, no, let me finish my sentence. Not what it does, what does it mean? It means that you and I can have this conversation. <laughs> I don't understand no, what. The, what the attraction is? What is the photon of light giving off that attracts? Okay. It, well, it, the photon of light is giving off, is emitting other particles called gravitons that convey okay. the gravitational field. Okay. Okay. So, so now, then, a graviton has to have some explanation as well, right? Well, it's in in, in fact it. In the quantum theory of gravity, which we don't have a full theory of, but in general relativity, we predict the existence of these particles called gravitons. Just like in the well, quantum theory, predicting it because well, we understand. We have, we have never we yet measured the, what the gravitational pull is of a of a of a photon. We've never detected an individual graviton because gravity is so weak. We've never been able to do it. But if you put a lot of gravitons together, you know what happens? You they form gravity. a gravitational wave, and that we've detected. Just like. We can detect now individual photons, individual yeah, particles. Of light. Right, Let me just finish. Wait a, minute, wait a minute. Your student has a question here. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we do with theoretical gravitation, graviton. Yeah. But if you put enough of this theoretical gravitons together, it forms a gravitational wave. But that's theoretical as well because you no, start. No, because we measure them. We well, then what is it? It's, it's no longer theoretical. A gravitational wave is a ripple in space and time. It's a it, it's a it's an undulation in space and time. Oh, ripple! Space undulates just like a, a water wave undulates up and down. How a do we know wave, that? If the we measured it with LIGO, we measured the undulations. Wait a remember minute. Remember this? Okay. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. The photon of light is a particle of energy which has the enough energy to travel. What what's What's pushing it? What's it's not making pushing. No, no, well, it, in fact, it, it, no, in fact, what Einstein sort of showed. First Jesus, of all, something Einstein, doesn't need to... Einstein knew everything. Well, he, he, he did like, know everything, which is... A, which, well, that's it, the point. It's like, I was going to say, like Freud, which is slowly being disproved. Well, Einstein so far hasn't. But, 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 what, but what he showed... But first of all, actually, let's go back. Let's go back to Galileo. Good old Galileo, one of my heroes. Looking up at the sun goes around. Galileo was hysterical. You should read him. He was very funny. He was a real, he really, his, his book on the two new sciences is hysterical to read. No anyway, uh, yeah, probably one of the reasons the church hated him. But anyway, um, so Galileo was the first one to show that, you know, you don't need anything to push something to have it keep going. You need to apply a force to stop things. If something's moving, it'll keep moving forever unless you stop yeah, but it. It's got its impetus from somewhere. No, it, it, yeah, you gave it a kick, but once it's Ooh. moving... Ooh. I didn't, you didn't, what gave it its kick? Okay, now, now the weird thing about photons is, and this is the really strange thing, is because they're massless, photons have no mass. Right. They have to travel at the speed of light. 
They can never travel slower or faster. Photons are always traveling at the speed of light because they're masses. All right, I'll accept that. Why is it? How? What's the little engine? What's the where? where There's no engine. They just travel the speed of light. And, and no, they, no, no. They can has stop them by putting something in front of them. Just like, just like, look, you turn off the engine on a locomotive, and it'll keep going, right? Unless, you, have, unless you the boiler was heated up in the in, in the engine. Okay, to begin me, with. Okay, what, well, if it, I, I'll give you. An, I'll give you a kind of answer that may please no, you. No, no, I if want an electron, answer. When the electron emits the photon, it gives when it an electron emits the photon. When an electron emits a photon. Wait a minute, we didn't say that before. I did. I told you when an electron goes around, right. it emits radiation. And a photon is a particle of radiation. A photon is the See, quantum. You didn't mention that before. You weren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, Larry. It's so <laughs> mysterious. It's so, you know, I've been, I'm reading a lot of history. Uh -huh. and, and I'm reading like the, uh, the Battle of Acteon, okay. which was the battle that separated uh, Anthony and Cleopatra from, I love the, read, from read, read Roman history myself, yeah. Right. It's, 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 it's fascinating. It reads like a, reads like a novel. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Did, and then she went, and then he did, and they got escaped, and they went. went. So science is like that as well. It's like... Every discovery is like a new chapter. You're like, no kidding. And then, and then she, the, and then the photon did what? The, and then there was the uh, the the logarithm. And it's like just, it goes on and on. It's a never-ending novel. The never-ending part is what's really neat because each time we discover something new, it produces a new question, and right. then the question drives us further. It's it's like right. cosmic anybody, job security. If you're does a physicist. anybody else say we don't know? Like for example, I love the word graviton. So. <laughs> so the the electron going around the molecule, going around, around the, the going around the the, proton. the the proton, emits photon. Yeah, which but what? Is, but now and it gives it energy. Photon has weight and mass. No, and no, it, it has no mass. It has energy, just energy, no mass. No, but you said it has no, 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 no it has it gravity. Has that you don't need general Einstein told us you don't have to have mass to produce a gravitational field. You just have to have energy. That's the first big discovery. What's energy? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. And I'll give you an answer and you'll hate it. Energy is the source of gravity. <laughs> that's called elliptical. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, that's what I mean. See, because I haven't gotten anybody to explain uh, space time to me. Oh, yeah, time is space. It takes time. It goes to space. So then why isn't it space and time? Because, it, because well, here's the 13.8 billion light years, that's time. No, space because Here's one of the reasons no one can explain to you because you won't let them talk. <laughs> oh, is that <laughs> I know because I'm the same way. But anyway, here's a look. Look at me now. I'm gonna and I'm going to turn here. Now yeah. I'm Oh, what a great profile. I know. My, my, and, and, and so the point is, what's weird is that when I when I turn around this direction, my, let, let's call it the direction of my nose sticking out as the X direction. When right. I turned around here, it's suddenly the Y direction. OK, you OK, okay. with me there? Yeah. You know, it's turned around. OK, yep. so I can turn. I can. The thing about space is I can rotate. I can go from one direction to another. Right. Just by turning around. I can right. look around this room and I rotate. The weird thing is that Einstein eventually told us, although he didn't realize it was his teacher, Minkowski, who first realized it, that, that in fact, 
space and time are that way. You can rotate. One person's space is another person's time. If I'm moving with respect to you, what you would call a space interval, I would call a time interval. And so I sort of, so space and time are connected, just like the X and Y axis are not quite the same. The mathematics is a little difficult, different. Larry, but that, here's totally, that totally I'll, escapes me. You're going okay, to have to. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll show you, I'll give you an example. Take my pen. Yeah. Bam, it's moving very fast, close to the speed of light. Right. Well, if it is moving very fast with respect to, the, cl to you, close to the speed of light, you will see my pen and it'll look, it'll look shorter. It'll, instead of being say six inches, it'll be four inches, okay? It'll be four inches and you'll measure it going past, you know, say it's only four inches long. Okay, so it's shrunk in space. That really happens. That really happens. When things move fat, close to the speed of light, relative to other people, other objects, they, they their their length shrinks. Uh, I, th I thought that was, I thought that was, uh, I thought relative. it was time that shrunk. No, 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 time dilates. It, it, it goes in the other direction. Well, but dilate shrinks. Dilation is, called, is shrinking. No, dilation is expansion. But hold on, forget the word. Let's forget oh, the word. Yeah. Your, eyes, your dilate. eyes dilate when you take dilate. a bottle. Okay. Your eyes dilate. Dilation okay. is getting enlarges. Okay, yeah, got okay. It. But what's anyway, the here's the dilation. So, but uh, what's the opposite of dilation? Shrinking, yeah. I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. As is my argument. But anyway, so this so this pen is now smaller when it's moving very fast. like. But the really weird thing is. That if I have a little clock on either end of my pen, and I set them up so that they're exactly the same time, that when this ticks 12 noon, this ticks 12 noon, when it's moving very fast with respect to you, this clock is ahead of that clock. So the, so the pen has shrunk in space, but it's got extended in time. It used to be that this and this had the same, where it's instantaneous. But now, when you look at it, it's smaller. But if you look at this clock and this clock, you'll say, no, this clock is behind this clock. This one's a second faster than this clock. So it will expand, extend in, in time and contract in space. Just like, if, just like here, watch this. Watch my pen. See how it got shorter? It got shorter because projected to you, the, 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 the amount of the pen that you can see perpendicular to, this, or to the screen right now gets right. smaller and smaller and smaller until the pen looks very, very short indeed. But that's a, a function that's, of sight. That's, that's just, but it's artists, a function of- Artists worked with that. Uh, exactly, it's a function of sight, but the reason it's sight, it's a function of three dimensions. It's the fact that I can rotate in an extra dimension. If that extra dimension was there, I couldn't rotate into but it. But in fact, the pen is the same length. It it's is. Just sight. But the just my instruments, my instruments are measuring it incorrectly. Uh, no, they're not. Well, no, they're measuring it correctly. They're measuring the X component of the, uh, the, the, and we know there's a Y component. Okay. But, but your instruments like this, like the, this camera can only measure the X component of the, of the, of the pen. It can't see, it can't see in the other direction. But if I had a camera right here, it could see in the other direction and right. we'd know. So we know we're smart enough to know that e the length of the pen doesn't change. It's just the X component changes and so does the Y component. And the two always well, add X up. So the length is the X component is the ability to measure the speed. Yeah, okay. But but what Einstein told us is everything is measurement, right? And that's if we want to look at the world around it, the world is what we measure. And I'm telling you that if I when I move this pen very fast it's like it's rotating into an extra dimension of time so that its length that we measure it the measured length is smaller 
and the and the and the time spreads out and the measured time spreads out the thing that remains invariant is not the length of it but what we call the space time length the thing that remains invariant it is not length or time length and time are relative that's why the theory of relativity is called relativity what's invariant is a certain combination of length and time and one person's length can rotate into another person's time and that's but why depending on the viewer depending upon the viewer and their relative motion. That's why reality is relative. Your clock, when you went up in space for a little bit, for 10 minutes, when you came back down, your watch was about a 10, one ten millionth of a sec, second slower. That's why I was late for that appointment. Yeah, that's why you were late for dinner. You can, it the, was white. But wait a minute, but wait a minute, but okay. wait a minute. But wait okay. a minute. The measurement that you just offered, that the yeah. clock in front is a little bit ahead of the clock behind. Yeah gives us a question of what the future what fu what is the future if that pen the front of the pen is already anticipating the future that well, the the clock and back doesn't know about well for you I, but for me if i'm sitting on if i'm a, if i'm riding along with this they read exactly the same time but it I means thought that simultaneously in there that the astronaut uh, is, is time is slow to get younger. It, they, the, the all the clocks, matter. this one is ahead of that one. But it's even weirder. All the clocks are ticking slowly compared to the clock on your on your wrist, and and that all of that weirdness. Well, I, that, that's incomprehensible, man. It, it's it, yeah, but the universe doesn't care. <laughs> it's true. The universe doesn't care. We I can, thought that was. Uh, I we thought can that measure that. We've been able to measure it by using atomic clocks. In fact, here's another thing which I wrote about, and maybe you, this if you don't know this, it, it'll blow your mind. I hope. Okay, you drive around LA. You talk, you talk about how you'd like to drive around a lot. You use GPS in your car to find, you know, use Google when Maps I need to, when I need yeah, to. When you need to, wouldn't work if we didn't know about general relativity and special relativity, because you know how GPS works. We have these satellites orbiting above yeah. the Earth's surface, and then. They triangulate. So there's a signal the satellite sends down to your car and another satellite, and you measure yeah. the difference in time between the two. And you know, and you, if you know, you know where those satellites are and how long it takes the light to get from there right. to there, the difference right. in time tells you where you are. Right. Fine? Except get, right. because those satellites are going around the Earth, they're moving very fast. And you can show that each day, if we didn't take into account for the fact that those clocks are slowing down due to relativity, then about 30 microseconds, they lose 30 microseconds a day compared to the clock on your wrist. And if we didn't take that into account and correct for that, then within an hour, you'd be within actually three minutes, you're, you'd be a, a kilometer away from where you thought you were supposed to be. No. We, every day in GPS, we take, we use, we rely on, on that weird fact that clocks slow down. How is it corrected? Uh, we know the formulas of, of special relativity and general relativity. Oh, we, you don't correct. You don't correct the satellite. You correct the measurement. Yeah, we have to, because if it wasn't, uh, isn't that so amazing? Eventually, you got to go to another satellite. You'd be using another satellite. And, and it's even, but I want to even make it weirder for you. It's not just the clocks aren't just going slowly because they're going around like that. It turns out Einstein also told us if you take a clock in a gravitational field. And, and you lift it up, it's the speed, the, the rate at which the clock ticks will be, will be different. So in fact, because those clocks are high up and farther away from the earth, 
in a gravitational field, they're actually ticking a little faster due to general relativity. And we have to take that effect into account as well. So we have to take the fact that gravity changes time and speed changes time. It's very esoteric, but it's so damn uh, normal that without it, you wouldn't be able to get around Los Angeles. And you're conversant with that. You, you, you know that as like I know. Uh, yeah, and, and, and the engineers who built it had to be conversant with it. Otherwise, you wouldn't get to where you wanted to go on. on literally, those, those satellites is, would put you a kilometer away. I tell you what is mind boggling and, yeah. and sad. Yeah. Lack, people like myself lacking understanding that magic. I don't know if that's sad so much. Look, we all can't be experts on everything. What's sad? No, you don't have to be sad. That's that's an incredible fact. That's like the apple falling. Oh, the apple well, falls. I, I think it's so important that I like to scream it from the treetops. That's why I write books, because I think these are some of the most fascinating ideas humans yeah. have ever developed. People yeah. should be interested in them. What's that really what sad book, to me. Is that what your book is, talks about? Yeah, yeah, sure. All 12 of them. What's it called? Uh, the, what's your book the, called? The new one is called uh, The Edge of Knowledge. And I'll no, mail you a copy right after this. I think you did. Oh, I, I give you a PDF. That's an electronic copy. If that's good enough for you, that's fine. I'll mail you a physical copy if you want. But, yeah. but, but what's really sad to me is not yeah. so much that people don't understand it. That's, that's sad, and I'd like people to at least appreciate that these things are out there. What's really sad is how many people just don't care and you know that aren't as excited as you are. That's why um, it's such a pleasure to be with no, you. You know what? I can't believe that. I have to believe that humanity, the brain, that uh, as we were said earlier, getting the fruit from the tree, yeah. comes down and said, "My God, you know how did that fruit grow on that tree and not on that tree?" So at some point, the the mechanism must have garnered that thought, and then that when- you. You know, to, who thought of it when the apple fell on his head was Newton, right? right, right. <laughs> and, but no, I think but kids I mean, ask those questions, and then they stop asking those questions. But, but well, that's, that's, my the- that's my theory, that you've got to cultivate that child of what do you mean? I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's just everything is magical. Everything. Everything, everything on earth is 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 phenomenal it is phenomenal and i remember you you know one of the one of the there's so much uh, uh, so many of your statements in your book that i resonate with that i love but i remember you talk in your book about looking out at sunset from your house i guess at the is it for san fernando valley is that what it is 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 and you say you know um uh it's beauty it's miracle of tectonic plates of organic uh, original volcanic material that's hardened millions of years ago, like the sugar on top of a creme brulee. Then it shook even just a little and slipped and became a mountain. So every time you look out at the sun, you see the, you, you, those, the miracles of nature, and they are miracles in the sense that they seem miraculous, are something that you get excited about. And that's why, that's why it's important that you write these things, because a lot of people care about you, and, well, and they seem like that, you're incited, but, but excited, and they can be. What, what, what... You know, it's just acquisition it, it, of knowledge. The acquisition of knowledge is the voyage of humanity, isn't it? It, it certainly so is. It, it, it's what's Columbus kept us. Yeah, and it's and and it's a shame to think that some people might want to stop that in one way or another because it's what it's what actually one of your sentences reminded me of the last sentence I brought it an old book of mine by by Steven Weinberg who won the Nobel Prize in physics who was a mentor of mine but a, a, probably the greatest theoretical physicist of 
partly close to the second half of the 20th century. He, he was the one who unified, helped unify two of the four, four fundamental forces in nature. But, he, but let, me, let me read you the last paragraph, because I think you like it. Did he do the strong and weak? Uh, he, the, he did the weak and electromagnetic. The weak, weak and electromagnetic. The electroweak theory. Okay. Um, um, uh, if there's I, I no solace... I have no idea what I've just said. You know. It's all right. It's okay. It sounded good. Not okay. If there's no, I'm, I'm I'm mouthing words like a child does Latin. You know, but it's, but it's easy to do. But then you ask the questions why. But let me let me let me give Stephen a chance here. He said, if there's no solace in the fruits of our research, there's at least some solace, some consolation in the research itself. Men and women are not content to comfort themselves with tales of gods and giants, or to confine their thoughts to the daily affairs of life. They also build telescopes and satellites and accelerators and sit at their desks for endless hours working out the meaning of the data they gather. The effort to understand the universe is one of the very few things that lifts human life a little above the level of farce and gives it some of the grace of tragedy. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't uh, I thought you'd like that. I, I love it. I, I love it. And yet, and yet, and yet the, the overarching question, the over arching arcing overarching arching question, question overarching question is it's so intricate and yet so simple it it, it does seem weird that the universe has some level that's bit, that's called reductionism and we tend and i'm a particle physicist by training we tend to say that as, as you look smaller and smaller scales this universe which has so many different things all the different materials all the the strange way things behave if we look at it at a fundamental scale, there's just a few fundamental laws that govern all of that and a few elementary particles, just a few. And it is amazing. And we have discovered, yeah, there's only four fundamental forces, not five, but four. Electromagnetism, the weak force, the strong force, and gravity. And they govern every, everything that we've ever been able to measure. If there's a unifying one, right? Well, no, no, no. We think we're going to try and unify those four. There's no, we don't know of any other forces yet. So the That's problem I mean. is the, the three, the strong, weak, different. and electromagnetic seem like they can be easily unified. Gravity is the outlier. And no one yet knows, except some string theorists thought string theory might be a way to do it, how to unify gravity with the other forces. I would do this, but I just learned in your book, you can't do that. So, but, but, but so gravity, so what, when we look for a unified theory that unifies us all the forces, it unifies a strong, weak electromagnetic and gravity and we don't have such a theory right now the only real theory we have that unifies forces is the weak and electromagnetic the strong force looks very much like the weak and electromagnetic and we know at some extremely small scale 16 orders of magnitude and size smaller than the proton the strength of the weak electromagnetic and strong forces will all become the same and wherefore it seems quite likely to us that they will unify together in some single force. But gravity is still out here, and, and we can't yet figure out how to unify gravity with, with these other forces, because the difference is each of these other three forces can be described by quantum theory. Quantum mechanics works. With gravity, quantum mechanics doesn't work. And in some sense, it's an open question still. Some people, some really good physicists still say, do we have to dispense with gravity and change the theory of gravity, so it becomes a quantum theory? Or at some fundamental scale, do we dispense with quantum mechanics? And we don't know. String theory is a quantum theory that purports to be a theory of gravity. So it's great. That's what got people excited. 
The problem is it requires there to be a whole bunch of extra dimensions. And whenever you've gone on stage and walked off, you've always you've never gone into an extra dimension. Well, but but then everything is things have evolved from that uh-huh. original explosion. Uh-huh. Such weirdness to such strange things that that uh, you know that uh, brains would not have thought of because it just it got it, complicated. The world got, got complicated. complicated. You and, I were born. and then that which didn't work died away, and that which, which worked stayed in extent. And then that multiplied. And over the billions and billions of years, all this matriculation became something. And in fact, it, yeah, I wrote, I wrote, uh, I'll, I'm going to send you another one of my books. It's called Adam, which is a, a biography of an atom from the beginning of the universe to the end. A T O M or A T O M or A D A. Yeah, in the beginning I said there were no atoms or eaves, but A T O M or eaves. But but it's it's A T O M. It's a story of an oxygen atom. But it is really amazing that evolution from the earliest moments of the universe. That's why, by the way, I got into cosmology and astrophysics. So my training is in particle physics. But I realized that if I really want to understand the universe, that the universe was a great experiment. It was a great particle physics experiment. It was only done once, as far as we can tell. Our universe, the Big Bang. But if we look out and are careful enough, we might see things in the universe that allow us to work back to the very beginning of time. And that's, and, and, and we, we have- Help me with this one. Help okay. me with this. So a hundred years ago, along comes Einstein, 150 years. Yeah. And you know, one of the great minds and we begin to understand more. Why did it take up until now, the hundred years with tectonic plates, why did it take up until now to uh, somebody suggest, well, there was a big bang and that's how it all started? What do you mean? You mean somebody thought there's a big bang? We see in science things change all the time. Yeah. You know, the speed of light may not be the, the final defining uh, measurement. Well, come on. Everything it's, changes. It's, and 90%, 95% of what we're looking at, we don't know. That's so, true. But there's some things we do know. What you shouldn't confuse about, and this is really important, there's a tremendous amount we don't know about the universe. But that's not the same as saying we know nothing. So you're right. At the forefronts of science, where I wrote my book about, anything goes. But where things have survived the test of experiment, those things aren't going to change. If I take a ball a billion years from now, when I know about quantum gravity, if I take a ball here and let it go, it's going to fall. And Newton's laws will describe how it fell. Now, Newton's laws have been subsumed in a, in a, in a more elegant theory called general relativity. And so our, the boundaries of knowledge push forward. But it's not as if the things that have survived the test of experiment are ever going to change. Electromagnetism is always going to be electromagnetism. Even if we discover it's part of a unified theory, the force between an electron and a proton will be described a billion years from now. But, and And... This me and if you ask me why Einstein was Einstein when he was, because as Newton would have said, he stood on the shoulders of giants. Einstein wouldn't have developed what he did if Michael Faraday, the British experimentalist, had discovered the laws of electromagnetism and and James Clerk Maxwell forty years earlier. If Einstein had been born, Einstein had been born fifty years earlier, he never would have been Einstein. So does that not tell you about coincidence? It was well, I like and as long as we call it coincidence, it's an accident. There's no, there was, it wasn't preordained that Einstein would be born there. He was lucky. He was lucky. And we're lucky to be born now because of all the things we're learning. But as you say, your grandchildren 
will be lucky to have been born when they are because when they're your age and my age, there presumably be a lot more they know about the universe if than we the do now. World still exists, though. If it is. still exists, we we hope, but we but but one of the ways that'll be happening if the world will only continue to exist if we continue to ask questions and are willing to say we don't know. One of the things I just wrote a piece for a newspaper that'll come out in a few weeks. I think part of this culture war nonsense that I know you and I have a little patience for um, is that people aren't willing to say, I don't know. They all know this is the way, this is the way it is, and you're wrong, and this is the way it is, you're wrong, and you're evil because, and if we just said, you know, maybe, I don't know, let me listen to you and see if maybe you're right, then I, all that would go away, I think. And, and, well, and, that's a neat political idea, but uh, humanity is very perverse. And, yeah, uh, it, it is. But you know what, I think, but that's why science is so useful. That's one of the reasons I, it's not I just the results of science, it's the methodology. It's the process I mean, yes, of exactly. constantly questioning and testing and re-questioning. How many billions of dollars did the, did the Webb telescope cost us? Ten? Ten billion dollars. Used to be a lot of money. Not anymore, right? I mean, you, you, well, know, you know, ten billion dollars over, over 20 years. I was going to say, in, in 20 years' time, it was a lot of money. Ten billion's a lot of money, even now. I mean, you'd get an argument. If you were to say today in, in Congress, you know, let's spend $10 billion on a, tele on a telescope. We yeah. got the border and they got We've, the thing. I've been right. through this many times. We had the super, oh, sure super collider that was killed because it cost $10 billion. But $10 billion over 20 years is half a billion dollars a year. And if you look at what we spend half a billion dollars on it, and it's one aircraft carrier is a billion dollars. And so you got to ask the question. But it's also the leaders mm -hmm. of our country, of the world, need to be invested with the, with the holy light of the quest for knowledge. Of curiosity, the quest for knowledge, exactly. Yeah. That there's nothing else exists other than being fed and, and have a roof over your head. Nothing else exists after the amenities of, of, of living are met. Nothing else exists but why and where and how. Otherwise, what's the point of being human? I mean, you said it in the very beginning of your book. You said, knowledge feeds me. It's as necessary to my existence as oxygen. And ultimately, you know, and, and in fact, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. People, science in some sense suffers by the fact that it produces technology that makes the world go round. Because when I when I ask questions about the beginning of the universe and do and I propose the dark energy and all those things, people say, "Okay, big deal. Why is it going to make a better toaster? Is it going to make a car better car?" And and the answer is, it, yes. It's, well, maybe, but it doesn't matter. It's the ideas. People don't ask, "What's the use of a Mozart symphony or a Picasso painting?" It's what makes being human worth being human because it gives you a different perspective of your place in the universe. I know you love music. Music transports you and gives you a different perspective of what it means to be human. So does science. So in, for me, the greatest gift of science is not the technology that made this conversation between you and I possible across the, uh, a country and, and, and with computers. It's the ideas. It's the ideas. It's the notion that, you know, the understanding that, we're, that we share atoms, that, that all of those ideas are what makes science so wonderful. And that makes it like art music and literature a central part of our culture and that that's really the purpose of my podcast and, and also the books science and culture are connected and having this disconnect 
where somehow people say, ah, science, you know, it's, it's like saying you don't like music or you don't like art or, 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 or movies or any of the things that we all love. It's what makes it would, it's what raises humanity from the level of farce to tragedy. It's what makes humanity worth being human. So I would argue technology is wonderful and science has made the world a better place. No, no doubt about it. And it's produced technology that every day astounds both you and I, but it's the ideas to me that are the most important thing yeah. because they're, they're the, People they're the like yourself who not only know, but promulgate. And, and that's uh, uh, incredibly, well, as you state, it's, not, the word important doesn't even apply. It's as necessary as food. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, you, and, and I, one of the things that I, I admire about you, besides just liking you, is, is that curiosity, is that child's curiosity and the fact that, that you've been able to use your, just like I use my, to some extent, my profile as a scientist to have a platform to try and get people interested in science. You use your platform of celebrity to get people excited about the world, part in part. You do many other things. But I think that's that's the greatest thing you can do is to try and encourage people to, um, and especially encourage people who may not um, may not view themselves as, as being scientists. That when there was a movie that was made that, about me and a, physicist called, a, a biologist called Richard Dawkins, who you may have heard of, and, uh-huh. and, and it was called The Unbelievers because both of us are sort of atheists. But it was... But in that movie, we asked people about science and we got a bunch of celebrities and, 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 and to, to, we should have gotten you, but probably couldn't get through your agent at the time. But anyway, um, we got, I remember convincing Cameron Diaz to be on it. And I said to her, look, I knew she was interested in science because she'd once attended a lecture of mine. But, and I said, look at all the young girls who admire you because for all the reasons that they admire you. If they see you talking about science as something fascinating, then that's something that's that's a gift you're giving them and that that's what we use to convince her to to be on it but it, it i think it's really important that people see that that science is anyone you don't have to be an expert to be to be enjoy science it's like it's again i i can't play i'm not eric clapton i can't play the guitar but i can enjoy him but for some reason people think you have to be an expert in science to enjoy it even right. though you can enjoy art and music and literature and mu- movies without being, you know, an expert. It's a very valid uh, th- thought, thesis, uh, uh, argument. Um, you just said something that tantalized me uh, because I don't understand. Atheism is not believing at all. But you're a scientist who believes in the mystery, well, the solution to the mystery. So, no, I think people. Well, you're. Right. I, I, I don't like to use the word belief as a science. I'm fascinated by it. I'm awed by it. I, I'm amazed by it. And, well, and maybe, I, maybe I, I, the word believe. But, but atheism, I don't think. I don't even think atheism. I'm not. I, I don't want it to be a, a you know, a, 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 a salesman for atheism. But I think people also mislabel atheism. They think it's like religion. All atheism is is saying the arguments to believe in a god aren't convincing to me. That's all. Well, and, except the most basic one, of, which is what? How did it start? And that's, I wrote a book called The Universe from Nothing. It showed you don't need any supernatural shenanigans. The whole universe with 100 billion galaxies, each containing 100 billion stars, can all come from nothing without violating the laws of physics and without supernatural shenanigans. Quantum wow. mechanics and, and 
universes are popping into existence all the time around us. And, and, and right. it's if you ask yourself the following question, what would a universe that popped into existence from nothing by just the laws of physics that survived for 13.8 billion years look like? And you ask what the properties of that universe would be, it would turn out to be exactly the properties of the universe we find ourselves living in. Does that prove that our universe came from nothing? No, but it certainly makes it possible. It makes it possible. Uh, but the great thing about science brain, is not that it says... We're, we're back to the brain that can't, can't encompass something coming from nothing. You're right. It seems crazy. It seems well, crazy. Well, the word but, nothing is nothing. Well, what do you mean? Actually, this is an important question because people ask me, what do you mean by nothing? So let me ask yeah, you, what do you, mean by, what, do you, what do you mean by nothing? Everything ceases to exist. Okay, so there's no space, no time, no particles, no matter. That's nothing. correct. Okay, yeah, I'm, and 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 what I what I tell you is that out of that, where there's no space, no time, no yeah. radiation, no particles, yeah. suddenly yeah. the laws of quantum mechanics and general relativity allow suddenly, boom, a space to pop into existence. And law, time, but but that very fact, the laws of quantum mechanics. Okay, so you might say the laws are the laws are pre-existing. Okay. But but well, even that well, may not be necessary. Where did that law come from? Who knows? But that but exactly. but exactly. Well, why My do you need a god? Why do you need well, a god? No, to put, I'm not saying god. I'm saying who knows? Exactly. That's atheism. That's no, agnosticism. Well, but no, but atheism agnosticism is just a form of atheism. That's what? the what people. I wrote. I actually wrote the preface of a book written a long time ago, and I didn't realize it. It was called The Case for Atheism. And the guy was very clear. Agnosticism is just a form of atheism. There are different kinds of... There are people who say, God can't exist. It's impossible. But, but there are just people who say, I'm not convinced by any of the arguments that have been given to me that a personal God exists. And that's atheism too. That's atheism too. It's just saying, it's not a belief system. It's just saying... I think, you I, know, but, but it's bad. I think scientists like yourself who... Uh, who 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 speak that way get a bad rap of course because you're not saying it's a mystery well in fact you are saying it's, it's not a mystery that it can exist from nothing it could it's a mystery but we still say all we're saying is we don't know the details but but the arguments that the but the argument that it has to be god is like it's just giving up and stop thinking it's like uh, Ricky Gervais, no. who I had talked to. It's like, going, well, I no, 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 that... no, 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 I don't want to. Why mention God is just a way, oh, a term God, of saying I don't understand. We're going to go to heaven, God. That's not the God we're talking about. The God of, you're more like the Einstein's God, the God of Spinoza. The awe and wonder of the universe is what is your God, that, right? That's exactly it. And you call yourself, oh, I, I've heard you say spirituality. I hate when people use that term because I don't know what it is. I think it's somewhere you wrote, it's like uh, sitting at home yeah. watching movies while smoking well, just pot. What you but, said, the awe and wonder is the spirituality. Yeah, that's of, fine. Of great. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. That, yeah. That, and that, and I, I buy that. And I think the universe, and Einstein said that, you know, he, he talked about the goddess, but he didn't really mean God. He talked about the fact that the universe is comprehensible, was for him the greatest wonder and mystery of nature at all the fact that we can even comprehend it in any at even any level maybe not completely maybe we'll never understand it completely but the fact that we we can even comprehend it a little bit is just remarkable and the universe is awe-inspiring in fact that's my point you don't need the nonsense you don't need the fairy tales the universe itself is so amazing 
that you don't need to add on, you know, uh, 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 someone parting the waters and all the rest of this. The universe is pretty darn amazing. The fact that the moon causes the tides on Earth is yes, is but pretty please dense. remember, and I am not a, a religious person at any uh, way, the any shape of the word. But if waters parted to people who had no idea of the explanation of the winds and the sure. tide, there's a possibility, as you know, the, the, the water separated because of the waters and because of the winds and the tide. And the, the people ran across and then the winds and the tide changed. And here comes the pursuers and they get uh, inundated. That's that's possible. That doesn't have to be. It might have been possible, and you're right. And people ascribe it to God, and all you can say is, "Well, you know." But you know, there's another explanation. It's a lot simpler, exactly. and and not only that, we can test it, and we can make a prediction, right. and we can actually test. And that's that's the difference. But you know, and it's... then and then you get into the mystery of the brain. Oh yeah, the last and chapter. the very mystery oh, of oh, us. The, the crazy, the, the most thinking. The, the what some of the ideas that you and I have talked about are. How did we arrive at that? Uh, in in a consciousness, arrive at that, and not not our dogs. I think that's the biggest mystery. I mean, it literally, the last chapter of that book is on consciousness because it's far. I tell people I'm a physicist because it's easy. It's easier than 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 trying to understand consciousness because we don't even. Uh, in, the weird thing is we can't even define consciousness very well. And there's a great experiment I talk about in there that shows you you can't even trust people when they tell you why they're doing what they're doing. They think they know why they're doing what they're doing. But they're not really doing it for that reason. It's a it's a rationalization they've invented to create this sense of self. But what creates a sense of self? And we don't know. And I think ultimately, um, as I described there, I again use another line from the physicist Richard Feynman, who said, if you can't build it, you don't understand it. So maybe the only way we'll finally understand consciousness is if we create a machine that's conscious. Now before we we part company yeah because i know it's getting on but i'm i appreciate talk you to me on. talk to me about that okay i'm i'm doing a lot of work with ai and <laughs> and uh i even interviewed a guy <laughs> strangest thing i <clears throat> i interviewed a guy i think or else it was a dream <laughs> it was so unreal that it may not have been real that's how i feel about it wow on the other hand it may be on on tape, on tape and, so and yeah. it exists I believe I talked to the curator, who must have been a scientist of renown, whose job it was was to to uh, whose job it was to um, manage the most sophisticated computer that we have that okay. was fed everything written in English that okay. existed. Okay. Yeah, one of these things I mean, like your that. knowledge so maybe it wasn't a dream so i talked to the guy uh -huh. and the guy there's a a cavernous opening in back of him uh -huh. and i said do you think that that it could ever come alive and he says no I, I don't think it could but i got to tell you every so often i sit here at night and the hair of my arms goes up because i think there may be an intelligence behind me I think it's. I think we're a far, far, far away from that. I mean, what what these things that appear intelligent are? They're they're they data mine. They get all this data and they and they and 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 they're good at selecting and parsing it. 
But that's not the same thing as necessarily intelligence. Do well, but aren't we, aren't we computers? Aren't we? You're, you're, you're scientists. Scientist. I think we're, we're computers, but we're, we're, but we're not, we're not, uh, we're not the same as the computers we build. Now, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. So your science teachers said, yeah. oh, Larry, this inside, then they fed you that information. And now, you're spouting back that information. No, no, but I'm, but I'm, but, but I also am doing other things. I think I'm creating new information. Hopefully, over You're my life, combining the thoughts you know, that you. No, maybe when I, I'm proposing something new that hasn't been done before. I like to think, and once or twice in my life, I've done that. And when you've done that, when you, when you create a character that's new, sure, yeah, it's been influenced. It's been influenced. Oh, but, no. but here, but, yeah. but, but, but the question is, do they computer does chat GPT for whatever you want to call it? Does it understand what it's doing? And I think almost everyone who's thought about it would say no, but that doesn't mean it's not a, it's not a, it might not if happen. You ask eventually. It what's love and what's justice. And, you know, you ask it moral questions. It spouts back Plato it spouts back uh, Spinoza. So can so can a so can a, a student that memorizes a dictionary, but that doesn't make them intelligent, right? That doesn't make them a good teacher. You know, in fact, and and people will jump on me here because it's changed. But when I was chair of a physics department, we used to you know get graduate students, and and the students from China would always come in with the best test scores, and one of the reasons was they'd been educated to be able to do well on the tests, and they also had a tendency to to always sort of revere their instructors and not question their instructors so what happened is when they came to graduate school they would they would have they would be great at tests but when it came to doing research and uh, and questioning sometimes what their instructors are saying it wasn't they weren't always so good now that's changed a lot china's changed a lot but it, it, so so just doing well on tests and knowing the answers that's is the important thing it's knowing what good questions to ask and that's intelligence it's knowing what good questions to ask. And that's the hard thing. That's what's driven people. And the people who've moved us forward are the ones who asked, who learned to ask the new questions. I had the best time with you, Richard. This has been like a bath. It's, it's look, you know what? I've, I, I have been with you once a decade for two decades now. And for me, it's far too little. And I want you to move here. And by the way, you know, you've, you know, uh, the shot, the Confederation got, got Center my, for the Performing Arts. You got the phone number of I want you to suggest a real estate agent. I will. And Confederation Center for the Arts, which is beautiful, wants me and you to do a dialogue there. So we should do it on stage. Don't do you? it. Okay. That'll be, I'll come there. And, I'll, I'll, and I then guess you'll look at real estate and we'll do that. And that, that'll pay for your trip. Best of exactly. all, you and I. It's, yeah. You and I. <laughs> <laughs> it's been what a great. lovely, lovely time. My goodness. It's great. It's been great. Thank you. And you take oh, care of your trip. Larry, I'm going to tell you something. This is my definition of love. I love you. Me too. Me too. My definition too. Absolutely. Take okay, care, my dear. Take care. I'll okay, see you soon. Care. See you soon. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. This podcast is produced by the Origins Project Foundation a non-profit organization whose goal is to enrich your perspective of your place in the cosmos by providing access to the people who are driving the future of society in the 21st century and to the ideas that are changing our understanding of ourselves and our world. To learn more, please visit 
originsprojectfoundation.org.